0: Well, we're definitely talking about the real presence, Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most holy Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith on the first Friday of July. Jerry, doesn't get any better than this. That's what we're talking about on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie.
1: That's right. We love to talk about this topic, especially with you, because Debbie loves the real presence. I love the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, Um, EWTN, everyone EWTN does, and we know that you do too and we hope that you do and if you do turn that love of the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist into a beautiful tribute to that real presence today by calling in and sharing uh, how it has blessed your life receiving the Eucharist frequently and maybe more than just on Sundays perhaps during the week uh, spending time in Eucharistic adoration talking with your friends, especially those who don't understand. Maybe you have non-Catholic Christian friends who have questioned you on our belief in the real presence and you were able to maybe dispel some of the misinformation that they had had. Any direction you want to go, talking about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. But there's no show without you, and the lines are waiting right now at 833-288-EWTN, 833 Two eight eight three nine eight
0: six. Maybe you're devoted to the first Friday um, devotions of of Saint uh, Margaret Mary Alico of the Sacred Heart of the nine consecutive first Fridays and the promises that are associated with um, going to Mass and receiving um, the Eucharist and being in a state of grace. I mean that maybe maybe that's you and you'd like to talk about what that has done for your spiritual life. So there. There's so many ways we can cover this, but in this um, wonderful time of Eucharistic revival that our, our shepherds, our leaders, um, the bishops have said, you know, let's talk about the Eucharist. Let's spread the message of the Eucharist. Let's understand it better. Let's enter into um, um, the Eucharist in a deep way. We're do- that's why we dedicate uh, the first Friday of every month to the Real Presence. please. Uh you call in if you have something to share of your experience, your understanding. Now is the time to do it. If you have questions, if you're not Catholic, you are part of the Take 2 family. So please call in and ask your questions. Why do you why do you believe that? We'll we'll share with you. 833-288-3986.
1: You are also welcome to email us, take2 at EWTN.com. We simply ask that during the show, you try to keep the emails concise because we have to kind of preview them and then read them on the air uh, as we go along. If you're among many watching on Facebook and YouTube, the video streams, hello to all of you. And you can post on the show website at Take2Show.com. And uh, Debbie, I was going to... Actually, add one of the things that you added, and that is if you're not clear on the teaching of the Eucharist, even many Catholics are not. So whether you're Catholic, not Catholic, a non-Catholic Christian, maybe just simply an atheist, and you're wondering, you know, these Catholics, you know, they eat this mm-hmm. piece of bread and drink this mm-hmm. cup of wine, and they call it the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. How can that be? Mm-hmm. We can get into some of the scripture support for this, the uh, history of the church, the church fathers, um, oral tradition, it is all... Right there in scriptures, a thousand percent. So we can get into that as well if you'd like.
0: Well, and just to understand it um, from a very uh, real human way, you know, our Lord and Savior wanted to be so intimate with us, and you know, how can we be intimate with our God? Well, to actually consume something, actually to eat something, to take it into our bodies to sustain us to nourish us, to be inside of us, right? Literally in our bodies, right? That is pretty amazing. And it's very intimate and it's very God, okay? And so there's so much we can learn from this. I was in... Sac- I was... um uh, in sacrament prep for many years. And I loved teaching on the Eucharist. It was, and as a matter of fact, I did many papers in my, for my graduate degree in theology on the Eucharist. And, um, I just loved it. It was, it was, it was effortless to be able to write those papers, Jerry, because it just, you, you know, that the Holy Spirit is behind that work to get it out there and it just flows. And it's so, it's so real and it's so true Folks, this is the time for us to come together and really go back to our, our rich faith um, that is, that is sacrament-rich. It's the full toolbox. Please enter into this discussion. Change the world with the discussions we're having today. Okay? It can happen. People are listening. Bishops are listening. Priests are listening. Deacons, religious sisters. Everybody's listening, potentially. So let's go big. 833 288 Three nine eight six
1: you know i 'll bet there are many of you listening, uh, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a fellow parishioner turned you on to Eucharistic adoration. Maybe they were just kept telling you every time they saw you how amazing that is and what it's done in their lives. And perhaps you said, okay, well, I'm going to give this a try. And it has revolutionized your spiritual life as well. Because when we sit there with Jesus in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, words don't have to be spoken. They can be. Prayers can be prayed. But you can also just sit there and just be with each other. And there is no chance, I will say this right now, there is absolutely zero possibility that you spend time with Jesus in adoration and you won't be changed. There's no chance that you will not be changed in some way for the better. So talk about how adoration has been an important part of your life. We can talk about how you prepare for a communion at Mass or give a thanksgiving upon receiving communion at Mass. So lots of angles here. Obviously, we can talk about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist on this first Friday of of the month eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six
0: you know it's interesting you said that about you know spiritual communion prayers <clears throat> excuse me the air out in Arizona is still very it's very hard to breathe out here we're definitely in the desert and it's tough breathing um so I'm hanging in there but Jerry I wanted to say um the the spiritual communion prayers are very powerful. After communion, one of my favorite prayers is the Padre Pio "Stay with Me" prayer. Um, and uh, stay with me, Lord. You know, I love that prayer. Stay with me, you know. Stay with me, Lord. Stay connected. The vine and the branches. You know, this is this can be a very powerful discussion if we really uh, think in a in a very deep way. Because this is a deep concept It seems simple, like Jerry said With with bread and wine But it is very, very deep And it's very God And so please, no more shallow swimming Okay, let's dive deep today With this discussion on uh, The Real Presence uh, Jesus in the Most Holy Eucharist At 833-288-3986 Please join us And stay with us the entire hour
1: So good to have you here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. Ending the week, and it happens to be the first Friday of the month of July, and we dedicate that to the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. We have a lot of calls to get to. We're going to get some social media as well as hopefully some emails. But before we go to the calls, I have to tell you about this wonderful item that is in the EWTN Religious Catalog. It's a bronze two-hearts necklace. It's a unique piece of beauty. It features a bronze pendant of the Sacred Heart of Jesus behind the Immaculate Heart of Mary. A delicate red crystal accent hangs from the bottom. And this necklace is made of brass and has a lobster claw clasp. It's 19 inches long and is made in the United States. Get yours today or get one for someone you love, somebody who's having a birthday, a wedding coming up, some other kind of celebration. Uh, these are available now at EWTNRC.com. You get free standard shipping for our orders of $75 or more in the continental United States. Simply use code FREE at checkout and check out. This bronze two hearts necklace from EWTNRC.com.
0: Nice. Very nice. Okay, a couple things. A praise report and then also to pray for um, a soul that just went to go meet the Lord. I know that the Take-Two family was praying for a gentleman by the name of Kevin and his family. Um, Kevin was in the hospital on and off of a ventilator and had um, some difficulties with um, um, kidneys and and other major organs. He has passed away. Mm -hmm. So so if we could um, pray for Kevin, uh, the repose of his soul, and he was a beautiful faith man of God, beautiful man of God, fa- husband and father, if we can pray for his wife and his his, his family, please. Um, also, praise report. Remember yesterday we were praying for Joyce from the Diocese of Phoenix, uh, author and speaker. Um, she's doing quite well. She had the brain aneurysm, the bleed in the brain, and the surgery, and she's doing quite well. So she's recovering, and that's a praise report, Jerry. So um, every all of our Take-Two family is on... Um, you know, uh, is is staying focused and praying, doing the rosaries, adoration, going to Mass. I mean, it's amazing. Divine Mercy mm-hmm. Chaplet, we're, we're hearing that more and more of you are taking on the devotion of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Way to go, Take-Two family. You guys are awesome.
1: Okay. The real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Nancy called in first in Atlanta, so she gets to go on the air first, listening on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Nancy.
2: Hi, guys. Um, I'm just so thrilled to share with you an experience that I had at Mass just two Sundays ago. Um, My daughter and her five children moved in with me um, two years ago, and, you know, sometimes there's clashes, and this particular Sunday I went to Mass so angry in my spirit. I hadn't expressed anything, but I was really, really angry, and I felt that I could not possibly receive our Lord in the Eucharist. I said to Jesus, this exactly what I said is, unless you put the Eucharist in my mouth, I will just sit here and pray and ask you to forgive this anger that I have. So, you know, to time came, I'm an amputee, and I do use a walker, but I, but I do get around. But I was praying, and I felt this tap on my head, and I just thought it was a friend walking by, and I kept praying, and it tapped again. And I looked up, and the extraordinary minister had come down the aisle and had the Eucharist an inch from my mouth. And I just felt that God was saying to me, it's okay, you need me now. And once I consumed the Eucharist, the anger immediately vanished, and I felt so much love and freedom. And I I want to... sure and say that i don't advocate going to communion with serious sin Mm -hmm. but i think in this case our lord um just had mercy on me and his great love and he knew that i needed him in order to conquer the humanness of my emotions Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. well nancy a couple things which i think are very um obvious about your um story. And, and first of all, I just would like to say what a beautiful gift that you received from our Lord. So you made, you made the, um, the, the, the decision not to receive because you you had some of this anger, right? Well, first of all, let me just share that some of you know the mi- the minor sins or less serious sins are washed away with the mass in the confidere and other prayers that actually wash away those those sins, right? And so that's that's a good thing. So you were at mass, but you made the decision not to receive. Okay, all right. But so what what happened? Jesus came to you. You didn't, you didn't go to Jesus. Jesus came to you. So, so what you did was you recognized that you had, um, you know, that, that you were attached to this a little bit of the anger and so you said okay I, i'm not going to receive unless you unless you come to me right well he did uh, through the extraordinary minister of holy communion way, wow nancy that was powerful and what I think is so beautiful is that is that the way you were tapped and then you, you you didn't quite you know respond and then and then there was Jesus you know a couple inches from from your mouth for you for you to be ready to consume and then you said after you received Jesus in the, in the Most Holy Eucharist, you know, all that anger or whatever, uh, you know, things that you were feeling um, were just washed away. Wow. Very, very powerful story. Uh, doesn't always happen like that, Nancy. I, there's other people I've talked to, but I, you definitely had an extraordinary experience. What do you think, dear?
1: No, I agree with what you said, and I would I would just say anger is a very tricky thing. It's a it's a it's obviously a human emotion, Nancy, but it's what we do with it, you know. And and you were probably you were you were at that place where you thought you know I I have this this furious anger right now. I'm probably not well disposed to receive the Eucharist. Sometimes maybe a person would not be. Otherwise, other times it it could be okay. You know, Paul writes in Ephesians 4:26, "Be angry, but do not sin. Mm -hmm. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your." anger so even St. Paul there Nancy is, is is telling us very clearly you know sin is going to happen you know when you when you I mean anger, anger is going to happen but when it does it's it's what we do with that and hopefully we just surrender that to God and not let it lead us into sins in our hearts in our minds or even in, in some of the deeds that we do so right. but I agree with Debbie Nancy uh, the Lord gave you a great gift it sounds like.
0: I think it's beautiful, too, Nancy, that you said your daughter and her five children have moved back with you. I mean, that just goes to show what a generous, beautiful heart you have. I mean, that's a lot. That's six people moving back into your home. How is that going?
2: Um, You know, it's difficult um, because I expected things to be one way and they're not. Mm -hmm. And so I fought against that for a while. And finally, I just, the Lord and I decided that, if I had a complaint, then I had to do it myself because um, it just wasn't working and there was division between the children and I. So, um, you know, it, what a great grace I see it as an opportunity to clean up a mess I didn't make and offer it to our Lord. I mean, it, what, a, what a great opportunity sitting right there in front of me. I don't always do it well, but but um, that's, you know, that's mm. the way yeah. I chose
0: well. to be. Well, yeah. And remember this, Nancy, that, you know, we don't, we, we do our best and we let God do the rest and we ask him to step in. So we don't have to do everything, you know, a hundred percent right or perfect, but it, 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 it does have merit. So God bless you for doing it for the, the glory of God. I think it is. That's very beautiful. Keep us posted. We'll, we'll put you in the prayer book. I still have the prayer book out from yesterday, Nancy.
1: Awesome. Great call, Nancy. Thank you so much. Talking about your insights, lived experiences, wisdom, uh, takes on the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. We'll go to Lisa next in Ohio, listening on Sirius XM
3: 130. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Okay. Hello. Well, uh, thank you. Um, My comment is, I am a cradle Catholic. I had fallen away from the faith. And the last four years, I have had—I realized that I have had to recatechize myself properly. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up uh, in the Catholic Church. I went to Catholic school for eight years and um, was uh, baptized, uh, received Holy Eucharist and and confirmed and all that. And I still uh, fell away. I I think that— my family's faith, my grandmother's faith was was uh, strong, but my mother's not so much. And uh, and I wasn't taught properly, and I have had to recatechize myself. I am going through Vatican II c- uh, Catechism. I'm also reading Trent, and I'm realizing the last three or four years that I've been doing this, I'm realizing, and 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 paying attention to what's going on in Rome and what's going on with the USCCB, you know, the the, the deposit of faith is not being taught anymore. And I think that with the uh, lack of willingness from the bishops, uh, people have basically become lukewarm or fallen away like myself. And you... In, in recatechizing myself, I have learned, and and reading the Bible also, mm-hmm. I have I have realized that our Lord, the crucified Christ, is hidden in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and I now realize, and I have also learned that if you're in mortal sin, you are, if you're in mortal sin, not I, I loved your last caller, what she said, uh, because I've also done that. Um, you know, just abstained and said a spiritual communion prayer. But if you're in mortal sin, you cannot receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. You're, con- you're putting condemnation on your soul. Mm-hmm. So there's a, you know, I go to confession at least once a month, but there's, there's not that big of a line anymore. And I just, I think that a lot of Catholics have, have fallen away, and I think we need to be teaching, again, the deposit of faith, Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to bring back the communion rail. Uh, I, I, I remember years ago and I did receive unworthily and I've had to repent for that. Uh, you know, uh, standing and, and in the hand, I I, I want to kneel and receive our Lord properly on the tongue mm-hmm. and reverently the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're not even allowed to do that here. Uh, you know, uh, the one priest that had, um, kneelers next to him, uh, the bishop here, told him to uh, take the kneelers away. Um, So those of us who wanted to kneel, who realized, can't even do that. Mm -hmm. Now, these bishops spending all this money on this Eucharistic revival, just teach the deposit of faith. Mm -hmm. Teach. Let us get down and kneel and receive properly the way we're supposed to. That's that's my comment. I just...
0: Yeah, no, that's what that's well said, Lisa. And, and, you know, let me share a couple things. I think it also depends on, on the area of the country that you live in, or even the world. Because like where, where I live in the Diocese of Phoenix, we do have communion rail churches, we do have kneelers, um, a lot of people um, re- receive on the tongue, a lot of people are in the confession line, I'm going to confession this morning, Lisa, and you should see the line. In fact, you can probably go online to see it, because they actually have the Confession line online because that's how long it is. Um, so, a lot of people are starting to get recatechized, and you know how they're doing it, Lisa? through Catholic Radio. We're hearing it all the time. Thank goodness for the Colin Donovan's and the Jimmy Akins and Tim Staples. It goes on and on and and the folks that are teaching the faith all of us trying our hardest to to have a solid catechesis out there on the radio. And you're right. So many people have had lame catechesis growing up and because of that they they they're lost and they and they stray away and then they come back and they go, "Wow, I had this all along and I didn't" even know it. You're spot on. And you're talking to a person that has. I've devoted most of my adult life, since I was 18 years old, to religious education, Lisa. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, catechize in a solid way. Give everyone the truth and let them chew on that and and see how it transforms their spiritual life. Uh, what do you say, Jer?
1: Well, I think it was all great. And Lisa, I would just add a couple things. There is a principle, um, a maxim, if you will, in theology, you might have heard about it. It's lex orandi, lex credendi. It means the way we worship shows what we believe. Mm-hmm. And my pastor one time recently, a few weeks ago, said, you know, if some, if, if some people came into our church, they, they didn't know anything about Catholicism, didn't know anything about what we believe or teach or do, and they saw us receive communion, What would they think if we were just doing it willy-nilly, just walking up there, traipsing up there, putting it into into our mouth like it's a piece of popcorn or something? You know, so it's so vital, not just for our souls, but to, for the example that we give to other people. And I, I came an analogy came to mind. I'm a sports fan. How many people on a Sunday morning get up and spend hours painting their faces and getting on their, their uniforms and their outfits and tailgating for six hours before the game and rah, 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 and just living it up? All for a foot, football team, you know. Exactly. I'm not saying we want to put on makeup when we go to church and, and bring pom poms for Jesus. No, but, but you in our should hearts get we into should. The
3: spirit, yeah. Yeah, you in our be, hearts in we sacredness. should be. Yes. Yeah, we
1: should be approaching it the same way. Sorry, Lisa, we're talking a lot. Do you have anything to add?
3: Well, no, and, and I, you know, I grew up in the a Novus Ordo parish all my life, you know, so I have no problem, and I go. I go Monday or Tuesday through Friday. As a matter of fact, I just came from uh, First Friday Mass and Eucharistic Adoration. Right. Uh, so I go to the Novus Ordo. But on Sundays, thank the Lord, uh, the next diocese over, up from us allows the Latin Mass. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I have to tell you, it was the Latin Mass that brought me back. Sure. to the Catholic Church
0: yeah. because of the sacredness there's a sacredness there's no doubt about it the Saints talked about it um, even even uh, current day um, you know speakers and authors and theologians they, the sacredness of of the liturgy but we but we can do that we can bring that back into our liturgies if we would just do what Jerry was was stating earlier we have this understanding and the mindset of who we are seeing who we are receiving. Right, chair.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Thank Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for the call so much. Diane is next. We have Denise and Mike and Judy talking about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist on this first Friday of the month. Feel free to join us on that open phone line, 833 288 3986. Well, without delay, we want to get back to your calls, your takes on the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, attending Mass, receiving communion, doing spending time in Eucharistic adoration. How have these been blessings for you? Maybe you're a little bit confused about what we believe. Maybe you're a non-Catholic, perhaps a non-Christian, and you see Catholics looking at and even adoring this little, what looks like a wafer or a piece of bread or a cup of wine, which they are not. We believe they are the true, real presence of the body and blood of Jesus in the Eucharist. So uh, we'll take any questions, comments, experiences that you've had at 833-288-3986.
0: And so we'll go to Diane in Minnesota, listening on Sirius XM 130 via Alexa. Hi, Diane.
4: Hi, Jerry and Debbie. How are you guys today?
0: Great. Uh-huh. I, I, I have a feeling we're going to get a praise report, right? Yes, you are. <laughs> um, if, first of all, I just want to
4: say that if it were not for EWTN, I would not be in the position in which I find myself today. Um I've been searching all my life uh, just for the right, the right home, and I've found it in the Catholic Church. Mm, and uh, so, for the past two years, I've been in RCIA. I have been reading everything I can get my hands on. I have been going to adoration every Friday at one o'clock. So, guess where I get to go today? <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, uh, but I look forward to going to adoration, I mean, just to see our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. It's like it's like entering, entering His throne room and being able to just, you know, get down on, on your knees in front of you and just tell Him everything and just give Him praise, and it's just such a wonderful experience. And I have not been able to receive the Eucharist uh, yet. It is my my heart's fondest desire to receive the Eucharist. It truly, truly is. But I have also spent the last two years going through an annulment process, and I just received word this past week, this past July the 5th, that my annulment is complete and it is affirmative. And so today, after adoration, I get to go see my pastor to arrange the next steps, which obviously will be my very very first confession ever and i am so excited and thrilled and relieved to be able to do this
0: wow wow well, welcome home. Amazing. Your dedication. Thank you for acknowledging that EWTN and what uh, Catholic radio and television can do and is, is doing it quite well. It's living out the mission that it, that it was intended um, is beautiful, because that's the idea, is to, is to have people get the truth with charity and clarity and, and the gospel message and have it uh, be absorbed through through hearing and through viewing. And Diane, you're a perfect example of how you journeyed your way right into Holy Mother Church. Now you get to celebrate this incredible freedom. Um, wow, to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, to com- be completely freed of, of your sins and to uh, begin anew, begin again is, is amazing. Way to go, Diane. We are celebrating with you. Oh, thank you so much, And you
4: know if I thought my heart was flying today it 's going to be soaring after my first confession i 'm just i 'm just looking so forward to it you yeah. know it's, yeah. it's just going to be such a wonderful thing
0: yeah, tell well, everybody, tell everybody you know the more we tell our story, the more we can can um share with people that there is this world is is lying to us. This world is telling us to go in a different direction. Is where people are falling into despair. But the more we can talk about these wonderful godly things that are, that are available to all of us, we can we can help other lives live their their most abundant life. And I think that is that is wonderful. Diane, way to go. I'm sorry, Jerry. You were going to say something very profound.
1: I was simply going to add, Diane, your witness, your testimony is going to touch a lot of lives. And what I mean by that is, of course, your love for the Eucharist, your longing to receive Holy Communion. But that's the source and summit of our faith. But where where we fall short as Catholics is going to confession. And I don't know the last time I heard someone screaming from the rooftops, I can't wait to go to confession. But we're hearing that from you, Diane, and when other people hear that, they're going to say, what is it, what does Diane have in her heart that she so longs to go to have that encounter with Christ in the confessional that, that really I should have in my life? So, Diane, you're going to be an amazing apostle for the faith. I just, I, Debbie would agree with me, I'm sure, on
0: Absolutely. that.
4: Absolutely. I'm fully willing to do that, yes. if I can, If I can help anyone, anyone who's on the fence out there, just go ahead and do this. You will... You will experience happiness in your soul like you have never had before. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's incredible. What mm-hmm. a feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. amen that's why we always recommend uh, catholicscomehome.org tom peterson's uh, ministry that he has worked so hard he's dedicated his whole life and the team there catholicscomehome.org great um, work and resources there for people that want to explore the catholic faith diane congratulations keep us posted we love journeying with you okay
4: I, i certainly shall thank you for this this time to talk with you i appreciate it
1: you are welcome. God bless you. From Diane, we go to Denise, first-time caller in Atlanta, listening on the Quest. Mike, hang on. You're next. Denise, you're up now. Go ahead.
5: Um, I have to comment on what Diane said. Um, for us lifelong Catholics, um, if we want to, you know, have a super wash, um, there's this um, lifelong uh, confession you can go to. So my sister did one in Louisiana, and she called me right after she came out and she said awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was on cloud 9 so <laughs> right
0: well well Denise, let me stop you right there if I can, just because we're going to get a lot of people that are going to contact us after the show and say, tell me about what Denise is talking about, a lifelong confession. Okay, a lifelong confession is exactly that. You go through your whole entire life um, with with a priest um, in in this very extended um, confession time. And and in order to do that, it's not just going to regular confession and getting into the uh, confession line and going into the confessional. That is not the time to do a lifelong confession confession because it takes about 45 minutes to an hour so what you want to do is call the parish office make an appointment and you go in you sit with the priest in the office it's very comfortable it's 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 just oh wow you're right denise what your sister said it is awesome it's amazing and but i but please make an appointment okay denise pick up where you left off
5: okay so um what i called about and oh also i have to comment about catholic radio that is so true that is so true. We need it so badly. It has done so much for me, even though i was lifelong Catholic. It has done so much for me. Oh my gosh, incredible! Um, so what happened to me was this was one time before um, it was near near on Christmas, and my mom had died December 16th, and it had been um, that year it was God Day Sunday that she died. So anyway, um, I was I was really. Worried about my mom. I'm trying. I, on the one hand, I was trying to give her over to divine mercy, and on the other hand, I kept saying, "Give her back." And I was like, "You can have her." No, no. Let me take care of this. No, you. Can. <laughs> back and forth, back. But anyway, I was, I was worried about her, and um, so anyway, it was when I, I had to have a crown put on. And I thought it was going to be a, a tooth-colored crown, and it turned out to be a gold crown. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> a gold crown? What am I going to do? this So I said, well, let's just make the best of it. What can I do with this gold crown? Oh, I know. I can put Jesus on it when I receive communion. I can just scoot him over and say, okay, now you're on your little gold throne. And um, so next time I go to communion, I, um, I'm trying to scoot the host over, and didn't he stick to the top of my mouth? <laughs> And he would not budge. And I'm sitting there kind of frustrated, and all of a sudden I get this thought, which is like 180 degrees from where I was going with this whole thing, which is, says to me it wasn't from me. And um, it's, it, it was the it was thought like as if Jesus was speaking first person, and he says, no, no, this is not what I came for. Because, see, this was around Christmas. It's right before Christmas. He says, no, you notice I didn't come in a palace. You notice I didn't come. Didn't start out in you know golden throne, he said. No, I came in a manger. I came humble. I came for the people that are in the muck, you know, and that's where I had seen my mom. It's like she's struggling in the muck, you know, and um so anyway, it was it was comforting in two ways because it it was comforting that I felt like he came from my mom and her all her wretchedness, and also I didn't have to worry about you know. Um, this throne business, either. <laughs> sidetracked myself. <laughs> I think it's so ironic. <laughs> he really has a sense of humor. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, well, Denise, thank you for sharing your experience. And I think one of the things that Jesus, he, he showed you, taught you a lot of things during that experience, but one of those is something you, of course, know, and that is, you know, when we receive the, the Eucharist, you know, we, sh- we, we need to consume it you know, as, as quickly as we possibly can and, and as thoroughly as we possibly can. And I say that because I have gaps in a couple of my teeth, and so I always have a bottle of water with me when I'm at Communion or when I'm leaving the Church, right after Communion or leaving the Church. Because I, I will just swish some water around just to make sure that there aren't any particles left in there. But um, wow, to to have this beautiful experience of Jesus telling you that, um, that had to be very special. Obviously, Debbie, it's still special to her today. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, and I I want to circle back to what you said, um, you know about uh Catholic radio and the 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 need for us to constantly be catechized and and formation and you know to to receive the gospel message through the radio airwaves and through EWTN television, you know, Denise, it's it's you it's obvious that you have a um, a very beautiful relationship with god just based on your story you know how how you you feel so close to god that is that is so wonderful and and we need to we need to support that and and affirm that there are so many people that they're, they're lost. They feel disconnected. We know that. Jerry and I know this because we have this, this life coaching outreach ministry, and we have a lot of clients that come to us. They say, I'm lost. I feel like there's God's nowhere to be found, okay? And so it's important that we tell our stories of our relationship, not to, not to compare, not to have people try to keep up with everybody else, but to share that it is possible, and i just want to thank you that you um stepped up and you shared your very intimate private beautiful story of your exchange with jesus because that's going to help others to to realize that jesus is much closer than they than they think he is so thank you De- denise
5: thank you for letting me be on the show <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. You know, everybody who's on the show makes a difference. Believe me, Jerry and I, we get the emails. Ace gets the emails. Um, People are really uh, responding to uh, what everyone else is saying. This is a chance for the lay faithful to come together with a safe platform and to share their lived experiences. Um, Jerry, before we go back to the phones, may I, may I just share with our listeners, um, some highlights, uh, the world over with Raymond Arroyo this weekend on the world over with Raymond Arroyo. Raymond's guests include Ed- Edward Penton, Rome correspondent for the national Catholic register reports on Pope Francis's recent appointment, of a new prefect of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, and also uh, Gerhard Cardinal Mueller, former head of the Vatican's um, doctrinal office, shares his thoughts on Pope Francis's choice to lead the dicastery of the doctrine of the faith. I know those are hard um, titles and and departments, but when you listen to this broadcast, you'll understand what their role is, and what we might expect from the new leadership. Gordon Chang, Asian Affairs and foreign policy expert on the recent increase in Chinese migration across the southern U.S. border. Wow, that, that whole broadcast is going to be packed with things that we need to hear. The World Over with Raymond Arroyo tomorrow night, 10 Eastern Time on EWTN Radio.
1: Very good. More of your calls on The Real Presence. Mike, thanks for waiting patiently in Rochester, New York, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hello, Mike.
6: Uh, hello, guys. Um, it's interesting that I uh, turned to read. I was looking forward to your show this Friday because I know you kind of do open calls, and and I've been thinking all week about a question about the Eucharist, so that was kind of huh, interesting how that worked out. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been uh, – the Station of the Cross as kind of um, – helped me uh, draw back to my Catholic faith. I was never a practicing Catholic, although I was baptized a Roman Catholic, and I did do my first communion, <clears throat> but um, my parents just weren't practicing or didn't have any um, example to go by. But I, I just always considered myself a non-denominational Christian and just a follower of Christ, but now I've um, been going, I found a Catholic church in town that I like. Uh, I got, the lady was talking about confessions. I have three confessions under my belt now that's um, new to me. I've been praying to um, to Mary, which is new to me, and she has been answering my prayers. So um, my question is that um, when... When I attended mass the first time um, and you know about uh two months ago or so they always the favorite part of the mass and the part that I was missing the most is always <clears throat> the Eucharist and of course, with covid when when the time came and we did the you know the priest started the Eucharist, the holy communion there's there's the absence of the blood of Christ, and to me. It was a I was very disappointed I understand but I don't understand because to me it's as if you're doing it ch- well I don't know I don't I want to word it and not be in the most holy way it's just uh it's not complete to me to that I'm taking the body of Christ but I also want to take the blood of Christ and I was wondering uh, you know I try to in my mind, work my way around things. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, would it be sacrilegious as if I was to, like, bring in, like, a little small amount of, like, a non-alcoholic, um, like a sangria-type thing, and after I received the body of Christ that I could maybe excuse myself to the bathroom to... Or would that be... Yeah, let me, let, me, let me jump
1: in here, Mike, just for a second. Yeah. Um, you brought up a lot of important uh, questions here on the program, and this is a question that I think is on the minds and hearts of a lot of people. The first thing I would say is, you know, do not bring any sort of, uh, you know, alcoholic uh, substance yourself. Or even any, yourself. any
0: liquid. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, any liquid, any, any food mm-hmm. or any, you We know, shouldn't have food or drink at Mass. And, and here's why. It's because the Church has always taught that Jesus Christ, Mike, is present body and blood under both species so if, it, if you receive mm-hmm. just the host the consecrated host you are getting the whole Jesus his That's body right. and his blood and if you receive just from the the precious blood you are you're receiving both his body and his blood and there's an, a wonderful article on this on national catholic register it's ewtn's newspaper and it says the catholic of the, Ca- uh, the catechism of the catholic church states since christ is sacramentally present under each of the species communion under the species of bread alone makes it possible to receive all the fruit of eucharistic grace for pastoral reasons this manner of receiving communion has been legitimately established as the most common form in the latin rite but the sign of communion is more complete when given under both signs both kinds since that in that form the sign of the Eucharist, Eucharistic meal appears more clearly. So mm-hmm. it, is, it, is, it is a more complete reception of the Eucharist, if you can put it that way, if we receive both body and blood. But mm-hmm. uh, both of those are present under e- either of the species. I don't know if that helps to bring any clarity. To you, Mike. Debbie, you want to add something? To I,
0: I want to add something really quick, Mike. Um, I understand your intention that you want that fullness of of receiving um, the the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior. You are under the the body of Christ. Please don't don't try to add anything or try to make it feel more complete for yourself, because it actually can be. I just want to share this, Mike. That can actually get you in a direction where where you. Don't don't want the evil ones, uh, the evil one to try and um, get you to start thinking differently, or or changing things, or maneuvering things to make it feel better. That just just stay with the the liturgy. Just um, you know, it, when you see the priest um, receive from the chalice, okay, um, he is he is receiving also on behalf of all of us, okay. So there's 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 a there's a completeness right there in the mass. But when you receive the body of Jesus, um, the body um, at the body of Christ in the in the Eucharist um, in the communion wafer, that is jesus fully okay so don't don't i just wouldn't want you to go there because i i've i've seen too many people try to manipulate or maneuver things and they start to go in a direction that actually is 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 an abuse of of the liturgy so you don't want to do that and it also it can be it can be a problematic to your own um soul so mike what do you what do you did we share it kind of um you know directly to you just because i understand your intention though you want the fullness of it
6: yes and i listened intently and um i i am very reverent and that's why i haven't you know i would never do something right. without and i didn't want to ask my priest because i didn't <laughs> i don't i don't mean to laugh but you know i just didn't want my priest i didn't want to get in trouble with him you know sure. i want to keep things sure. on, on and in and I do like I do understand like like it makes sense to me that you if you receive the one you you are receiving the other, and then the priest you know he he's receiving the blood mm-hmm. so um so I get that, and that's why I haven't done it and and um and also speaking of um being reverent that um the lady that was speaking earlier about how how just how seriously the Holy Communion and the Eucharist should be taken and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it I, it does upset me that um you know like for instance the president like he openly supports abortion which he should not be able to receive the Eucharist and that um I guess I don't wanna speak out of terms but I mm-hmm. looked it up and I guess that um uh, Pope Francis put out an edict that wherever the President Biden attends mass, that he is to be given the Eucharist. And what what? Not only does it offend me because you know you, you can't support killing children in the womb and then go and take the Eucharist, but also. Well. It it, it demeans it when uh, uh, people that look at it that aren't Catholics, I think it can be demeaning to them to see...
0: and Mike, I think you're on to something in, in the sense that you're you're trying to get back to the reverence and the sacredness of our of our liturgy, and and you're spot on about that. And there are a lot of our shepherds who are coming forth and saying, you know, we need to bring that reverence back. Mike, you have that, and all we really can control is ourselves. And so it, we we have to start like you're doing, practicing that 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 reverence, that sacredness, and just enter into. Um, our... Our, our our liturgy in a deep way, and and we, we not to overcomplicate things, you know. Just enter in with our our mind, our body, our spirit, and just really go deep and let the Lord transform us. So, Mike, you you I love the fact that you recognize the sacred, and that's what we're trying to do with these discussions is just to get people to see how important our liturgy is. Thank you, Mike.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. Got to get over to Barbara in Rhode Island. Barbara, you will be our last caller. we got about two and a half minutes for you. Welcome.
0: Hi,
7: how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
7: Very good, thank you. Um, what I was saying is uh, about a couple, two weeks ago, my pastor and I arranged for adoration on a Sunday afternoon for three hours, and then we ended with benediction. And we have a new uh, uh, statue that is in our uh courtyard, which is the statue of uh, the homeless Jesus, which looks like a homeless man on a bench, Mm -hmm. and when you look at his feet, you see the feet of Jesus, so we were kind of celebrating that, but it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and no one came, and I knew I had to stay with the presence of the Lord and not leave him alone all during the adoration, so I stayed all three hours, and I had the gift of Jesus with me alone. Mm -hmm. Um which was just so magnificent. And I was reading a little bit about um, Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. And she had a quote that stays with me now and hasn't left me. When someone asked, why do you do all that you do? She said, "The five words, you did it to me. Mm. From Matthew 2540, mm. when uh, he said, when you could help the least of my brethren, you did it to me. And um, that is staying in my heart. And I also just want to mention that you are the only other person I've heard mention Padre Pio's prayer for after communion that I say every time I receive. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Debbie loves that prayer, so do I. It's one of my favorites. Barbara, thank you so (laughs) much for being part of this great conversation on The Real Presence
0: hmm Beautiful. Beautiful discussion. Beautiful episode. Again, by the Take Two uh, listeners, you guys are amazing. Real quickly, um, don't forget to check us out at standtalltoday.com. We'll be posting the webinar that's coming up in just uh, uh, less than two weeks. Um, also on Facebook, Jerry and Debbie Facebook page, please like us there because I'm, I am I am going to post a movie review on Sound of Freedom. I saw it last night. I, I hope and pray everyone in this whole entire world sees that movie. Amazing movie. Jim Caviezel should get a big Academy Award for it, Jerry.
1: Indeed, he should. And we need more movies like that. Pray that a lot of people will see that. Not only just go see the movie, but Take whatever action we possibly can. It's a horrible scourge on the world today, human trafficking, especially with children and sex trafficking and all of that. I want to thank you all for being with us. Another great Friday broadcast of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN. Thank you to Matt, Ace, and Jeff, the show team. Monday, what teacher impacted you as a student? Debbie, that's what we'll talk about next oh, week to start that's things gonna, off.
0: that's going to be mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, yes, what teacher impacted you as a student? Who changed your life? What teacher? We love our teachers. That is on Monday, Jerry. And until Monday, we want to wish our beautiful Take Two family a beautiful and blessed weekend. We always ask St. Joseph, please pray for us. See you real soon.